0: This is Jackson Peterson, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Humboldt, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success.
1: Farm News Time here on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Kuhn, and we'll have an update from Sierra Doctor as well. Heavy rain is in the forecast across the Tennessee River Basin and the Northern Delta region tonight all the way through Thursday. World Weather Incorporated says additional rain is expected this weekend and early next week. Those persistent rains should temporarily ease the record low water levels on the Mississippi River. It won't be enough to end the shipping problems, but it is positive news.
2: Net farm income is forecast to reach levels not seen since 1973. A new report from Farm Bureau Market Intelligence says most of this increase in farm income is coming from the marketplace, Farmers still face an uphill battle. Farm Bureau Market Intelligence cites increase in operating costs and rising costs for financing. The combination will make it difficult to move beyond break-even levels moving forward.
1: The demand for diesel fuel is coming down with field activity wrapped up and people driving less going into winter. CHS Senior Vice President of Refined Fuels, Jason Schwantz, says most diesel fuel prices
3: have declined in recent weeks. The only one that aren't falling is number one diesel fuel, which up in that Red River Valley, North Dakota, South Dakota area is really, really important to people. That's been really tight because I think people were short diesel fuel going into the fall and they wanted to make all the number two they could. Uh, we're in that boat. We want to make all the diesel we can to make sure farmers get that crop out. And quite frankly, I think it led to people being a little bit behind on number one uh, with a little bit warmer weather. Number one is starting to get caught up a little bit. Overall, diesel fuel supplies are extremely tight. Quite frankly, we've taken a million barrels of refining capacity out of the U.S. during this COVID period. That's not coming back. And that's going to keep the market tight, especially on diesel fuel. You know, gasoline with electric cars and things coming, I think you're going to see a slight decline in that. It's going to take time. Diesel fuel demand, though, we see going up. Like I said, that's the driver of the U.S. economy and the world economy, and I don't see diesel fuel demand slowing down.
2: Farm real estate debt continues to increase during the third quarter. report from the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City says the number of farm real estate loans rose 7%, and the balances at agricultural banks was up 10%. Less than 10% of all commercial banks reported farm loan delinquencies greater than 3%. That's the lowest level on record. Liquidity at farm banks remains strong, uh, but total loan growth overtook deposit growth for the first time since 2019.
1: Gulky Group President Jerry Gulky says the EPA's renewable fuel volumes were not friendly for soybeans, However, it may be a chance for the industry to move forward without government interference.
0: The bottom line, of course, is that you got a lot of of, of oil companies uh, in line to build plants. They're interested in doing this and looking forward. And I just noticed Harold Hamm was on. Who's you got a big presence in North Dakota? You know, is now private. He said I can start doing some things now that I couldn't do before when I was highly regulated by the government didn't want to go there, and so that may open up the door that they see opportunities down the road. And like you said, we have a 25-year horizon, not a three-year horizon.
1: Gulkey does not see the biodiesel or renewable diesel markets going away.
0: How it shakes out will certainly uh, yet to be determined, but you've got big money involved in it that have put big money into it, and they're just not going to go away anytime soon. But it sure uh, threw a, a monkey wrench into things and changes the dynamics that affected soybeans, obviously, and uh, and yet maybe they overdid it on one day, and we'll see how that works against South America yet.
2: USDA will release its next supply-demand estimate reports on Friday. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says traders will be watching the carryout numbers closely.
0: December 9th, we have a supply-demand report, not production. You know, We dropped that for December, but uh, exports just too high on corn, probably too high on wheat could be too high on beans, so you know if ending stocks go up uh... that's not a a positive uh... when you look at it And you build a big carry in the corn market this week you know and that's not a positive either somebody wants to get paid to carry corn it means the stocks are just too big
2: south american weather is the other market driver
0: brazil basically i'd say is an excellent condition argentina continues to struggle we do have a couple fronts coming through we'll see if they gives us any moisture but uh... That's probably the positive story, probably why we bounced in the day on or end the week on uh, soybeans.
2: For more information from the Red River Farm Network, you can visit Facebook and Twitter. You can also find stories, podcasts, and more. It's all at rrfn.com. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network.
1: Farm news on the Red River Farm Network. The United States, Australia, Canada, England, Japan, and the European Union are capping what they will pay for Russian crude oil to 60 bucks per barrel. That cap is scheduled to take effect today, but Russia says it will not accept the price ceiling. That price cap is in retribution for Russia's invasion to
2: Ukraine. Valley City, North Dakota farmer Scott Husso was part of a delegation that recently visited Southeast Asia with the U.S. Wheat Associates. Huso says building relationships with customers in Southeast Asia is critical to doing business with them.
0: Over in
1: Southeast Asia is is an area where we actually market a lot of our uh, spring wheat that we raise right here in North Dakota. So it's great to keep those relationships maintained, even when some of those millers and bakers over there are facing higher input costs from the the, uh, wheat that we're selling them
2: right now. Uso says quality is important, but price plays a big role.
0: That's the main thing that they're looking for. But even at the same time, I mean, if you're if you're if you can buy a bushel of wheat a, a dollar cheaper from uh, a neighboring country. Um, they might lean towards that but there are countries that truly value the the high quality and are willing to pay for that
1: chs is returning one billion dollars in equity and patronage to its members in 2023 chs president and ceo jay Deberton, says that will have an impact.
3: I mean, this is all into the rural areas of our trade territory and uh, rural areas of North Dakota and Minnesota and the areas that we are listeners. uh, uh, It's really, really impactful uh, because it's a lot of cash, and that's what it is, is cash uh, that gets sent out to both direct owners in CHS as well as local cooperatives in CHS, and that that money gets reinvested in their businesses and uh, and gets reinvested in local communities. So it's, it's really a nice story, and we're proud to be able to be a part of it.
2: North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum will highlight the state's agriculture's economic contributions this afternoon. North Dakota State University conducted this inaugural study. NDSU Agricultural Affairs Vice President Greg Lardy said the lead researchers will also be part of the announcement at the state capitol.
1: 2023 cropping plans are being made. Red River Farm Network Farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor reports.
4: Prevont Seeds Area Business Development Manager Ashley Bergthold says there's been a shift to E3 soybeans for farmers. I know across the whole corn growing belt we've really had good performance even in some of those tougher acres where maybe the yields weren't what farmers expected um, but our products hung in there. Um, We have everything from really productive products that can do good under irrigation to products that can be planted at lower populations to handle some more of those drought type conditions. The one thing that we have seen farmers kind of changing to and we're really talking a lot about with our retail customers is um, the E3 Soybean platform. You get three different herbicides that you can use with that program so it gives farmers a lot of flexibility to fight those tough can control weeds so that's really like one thing that we're talking a lot with our retail customers and farmer customers about this year. And Bert Soll says tar spot was a challenge for many growers this year. This was a big year for tar spot, it seemed to be coming up in a lot of conversations that we're having with growers and our agronomy professionals are having with growers. Um, I would say the big things that stand out in my mind when we talk about tar spot is one is just genetic tolerance and we are really lucky that our genetics through Corteva and Vermont have done pretty well on tar spot. Um, we have a lot of data to kind of back that up and have, see, have a lot of testimonials from growers in the field. You know, the other thing is, and being part of Corteva, is that we do have access to fungicides. And that seems to be one way to, to control that is, is to spray those fungicides. Reporting agriculture's business... I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network.
2: Farm groups have been working with the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration for months to exempt livestock truckers from some hours of service rules. The livestock industry will retain the 150 mile radius exemption on the front and back of a shipment, but the administration has denied the hours of service request. National Cattlemen's Beef Association Government Affairs Executive Director Ken Bacchus says the ruling doesn't take into consideration live animals being transported.
0: With this uh, extended relief for the last few years and being able to uh, have that flexibility to determine you know, how we want to ship cattle and what the best time is, not, not only given the weather conditions and road conditions, but also uh, taking all that in consideration the livelihood of our, our livestock that we're in charge of. So not having this hours of service exemption kind of puts us in a bind.
2: And says NCBA will continue to look at any possible legal or congressional recourse. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network.
1: Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. The Minnesota Agricultural Education Leadership Council is celebrating its 25th anniversary. This organization promotes and supports agricultural education in the state, Executive Director, Sarah Dornick, says ag education has enjoyed amazing growth.
5: Just from 2019, just, just going back a couple of years, we had 195 programs, now we have 220. And we had 290 teachers, and now we have 325 teachers. And so the growth has just exploded. Um, we're now serving 40,000 students, um, unduplicated students um, in AFNR education. And then also our FFA membership is... Kind of back to that 70s 80s you know right right kind of at that prime time we haven't quite um, went over our our highest number but we are getting very close
1: meal c was established in 1997 by the legislature and includes representation from education agriculture and the government over the past 25 years meal c has invested 21 million dollars in grants to supplement ag education funding Dornick says the teacher shortage remains a concern moving forward.
5: We had um, 16 new teachers this year. 20% of our, our teacher pool for our agriculture teachers in our secondary are our first-year first teachers. That's wild. And so we need to be able to support them and continue to provide them professional development and mentorship. And so we need to grow some of that programming.
2: The consulting firm Strategy Grains is forecasting 2023 European Union canola production at 19.5 million tons. That's unchanged from this past year. EU sunflower production is forecast at 11.2 million tons. That's up 25% from the past year. And 2023 soybeans are projected to top 3 million tons, up 30%.
1: Checking markets, we are higher this morning, a fraction better for Minneapolis wheat. March, a half cent better at 921 and three quarters. Chicago wheat for March, two and a half higher, 763 and a half. KC wheat, two and a quarter higher. March corn, a gain of one and a half, 647 and three quarters. uh, The July contract, a penny gain. January soybeans, eight cents higher, 1446 and a half. March, seven higher. 1453 and a half. Busy week on the farm calendar. Minnesota crop production retailers with their uh, short course this week. Activities begin uh, tomorrow in Minneapolis, continuing through Thursday. They have a big trade show as well. The Prairie Grains Conference is this week. Uh, there you have activities beginning Wednesday, and uh, of course, the trade show and forums on uh, Thursday as well. That's at the Alaris Center in Grand Forks. And the South Dakota Soybean Association has its Ag Outlook Conference, its 18th annual. That's Wednesday and Thursday of this week. They'll be meeting in Sioux Falls for that meeting. Uh, Again, that's the Ag Outlook for, um, for South Dakota Soybean. And Mindac Farmers Cooperative has its annual meeting coming up Thursday in Fargo, And, of course, uh, coming up at the end of the week, the North Dakota Farmers Union annual meeting. They'll be meeting in Bismarck. Again, North Dakota Farmers Union, their annual meeting at the end of the week. Have a great day. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.